0: Nuts or Speaking in Tongues? Speaking in Tongues, something that make Christians look loony from the atheist perspective and something many Christians don't get and something that many Christians love. How do we make sense of this? Hi everybody, my name is Michiel on this podcast. uh, It is just Mac and this is Fishing for Men with Mac. Here I talk about worldviews, religious subjects, and just life issues that touches the deepest core of our being. This is episode 80, and I'm recording here from Sweet Home, Oregon, USA. It is 9.39 a.m. in the morning, the 4th of August, and I'm glad that you joined in, and I hope that this topic will be valuable to you. So, have you ever seen someone speak in tongues? Perhaps you have a friend who has done it do you understand it and what does the Bible say about it must all Christians speak in tongues and which language is speaking in tongues and if the Holy Spirit lets us speak in tongues what is its purpose and if you don't believe in God. How do you make sense of speaking in tongues? You know, these and many more such questions have come to my ears. And I have found this subject interesting. And so I've done a fair bit of research on it. And um, I must say, there are some aspects of it that I don't understand. Um, But nevertheless, I decided today to do a podcast on this particular topic for two particular reasons a dear friend of mine firstly and and a brother of mine in south africa he sent me this message this is his message he said i have a friend that say when they pray or sing sometimes the holy spirit overcomes them and they pray or sing in tongues according to the scriptures in corinthians I have never had this experience does this mean I have never had the Holy Spirit in me? now that's a pretty that's a pretty deep question that's that's a hard question to deal with there and then he then he screenshotted me the, the text in question 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 to 6 and I'll read it to you pursue love and desire spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy for the person who speaks in other in another tongue, He's not speaking to people but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in other tongues, but even more that you prophesied. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be built up. So, so now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in other tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you with a revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Now, I'm just going to stop there because he just sent me up to verse six, but I, I think that he, he supposed probably the whole chapter because the whole chapter talks about speaking in tongues. Now, if you're not a goer, you probably listening to this and you're thinking these guys are a bunch of loonies what is this all about uh if you have grown up in a church where there there are no speaking in tongues you're probably thinking you know how do i make sense of this scripture and then thirdly you might you might be saying well i speak in tongues and this text makes perfect sense to me anyway so i got this message a few weeks ago from this brother in christ and um, i just haven't been able to do this podcast yet so I thought okay let me do that today and deal with these questions but then also this week you know scrolling through some of the videos on Facebook I came across this little video of a four-year-old kid preaching out of a Pentecostal church in Grenada, Mississippi and I'm going to play the video for you now Um well just the audio of the video and You'll find it quite interesting. Listen to what he's saying. If you can make out what he's saying and what are some of the key words that come out of his mouth that interests you. And obviously this kid comes from a uh, Pentecostal speaking in tongues church. Here it is. for the one Lord, Mississippi, or that Jackson is. Remember, the Lord does for us. Amen. Speak in tongues, worship on God. You need the Holy Ghost, fulfilling the Holy Ghost, yes. That means you're speaking in tongues. He wants the money, what you give him. The red bummer. It's the Lord has a word. He wants up from the cost of an Mississippi. The Lord is here tonight. And his name is Jesus. There's only one God. And then he's gonna praise out of tears. Just worship God, and then He's gonna worship God. But the Lord is gonna do it. That means God has to do it. And then Jesus has to do it. And then God gonna do it. And then Jesus. Whoa! Oh, I love to preach tonight. The Spirit did anoint him, and I believe he felt inspiration. His dad and I were surprised because he was saying victory, and we're gonna have a red hot revival. And uh, to me, that was uh, unique. That's a term I haven't really used. Red hot revival, but that's kind of, I guess, a little four-year-old child's thinking. And uh, I certainly endorse it. I see nothing but Jesus in a little boy. That would make anybody happy. I can't compose myself when he's up there. Yes, he yeah, is. Hell, preach it. We're at Then the Lord is gonna do it for the out of the mouth of babes, God created us. So Cannon is one of those little babes. Wow, what an interesting little kid, right? Now if you look the look at the video, it for me it's quite a disturbing video. It's quite disturbing because this kid is like just acting out whatever he has seen done by the preachers in his church. And he doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. But I must say it's pretty cute. It's pretty cute to see him like act out. You know, he's jumping up and down and he's, you know, typical, you know, like Pentecostal type of preaching and what are some of the what are, what are some of the key words he uses? He uses the word Pentecost, he uses the word speaking in tongues, and fire revival, red hot fire revival. And you know these are typical Pentecostal um, phrases that you might not be um, understanding at, at this point. I mean, so in in Christendom you do have different types of churches, and one of the types of churches is, is Pentecostalism. Usually, it's like the full gospel church or or thing like that. And and I'm going to explain why they are called Pentecostal churches in, in just a moment. Now, before I address this, why address it? Well, because many Christians misunderstand it. Many Christians don't know, have a clue what speaking in tongues is about. They've never done a Bible study on it. In actual fact, I guarantee you that most people who speak in tongues in Pentecostal churches have not read what the bible says about speaking in tongues they don't even know if the speaking in tongues that they are performing is the same speaking in tongues that the bible describes Um, so that's one of the reasons and and the other reason why i think it's necessary to address is because this type of behavior like what we heard in this uh, video of this little boy um, makes the people outside of the church think that christians are a bunch of loonies uh, because they don't understand it so so let me start at one point. Before I climb into this, please take note. And I say this with utmost respect. Please take note that the Holy Spirit can do what He wants. The Spirit goes and moves like He wants. He's like the wind. You don't know where He's coming from. You don't know where He's going. And we need to respect the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't, if you've spoken in tongues, and or you do speak in tongues, or you do speak in tongues in a way differently than what I'm going to Read today in the Bible. I, I don't want to judge you, and I don't want this to come across as you're a bad person that's deceived and and all of that. I just I just want to say that you know we have to respect what the Holy Spirit has written down in Scripture, and the work of the Holy Spirit today in in our world today will never contradict what the Spirit Himself wrote down on the pages of Scripture. So if you're speaking in tongues you have to compare your speaking tongues with what the Bible says because the Bible is our best source of truth and is the ultimate truth uh, on any matter related to God. And so what I will do is I will look at the Scriptures and we can draw some conclusions and then I'll answer some of the questions um, that haven't been answered yet uh, by by the end of it all. And so the question then that emerges first is, where does this speaking in tongues things start? First of all, well, first Jesus says in the book of Mark, in chapter sixteen, right at the end, just before he um, is taken up to heaven, he says, "These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, and they will speak in new tongues." That is in Mark chapter sixteen and verse seventeen. And so Jesus predicted this idea that they will be speaking in tongues. Now, when will that happen? Well, when we read further in the book of Acts, chapter 2, this is uh, uh, on the day of Pentecost. This is where Pentecostalism comes from, because there is the belief that what happened on Pentecost continues even still today. That's why it's called Pentecostalism, which just means well, it comes from the the word Uh, 50 50 days after the Passover, you had the Feast of Pentecost. And so this was 50 days after um, the Passover. And this was 50 days after the death and the the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Christian church had not started yet. So this is the beginning of the Christian movement. And we see in verse 1 of Acts chapter chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Who is all together? Well, he's talking about the disciples of Jesus. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues As the Spirit enabled them. What do we see here? First of all these people. They were baptized by the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What did it sound like? And what did it look like? There was a mighty rushing wind. And there were physical tongues of fire. That rest on each one of them. What was the result of this? The Holy Spirit enabled them. So who makes us speak in tongues? The Holy Spirit. okay? And the Spirit enabled them to speak in tongues tongues so now the question is what is tongues now let's read further now there were jews staying in jerusalem devout people from every nation under heaven when this sound occurred which sound the sound of the wind a crowd came together and was confused listen to this because each one heard them speaking in his own language what do you see there It was language, normal human language, understandable language. It wasn't any babbling. It wasn't strange words and sounds. It was languages. They were astounded, verse 7, and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites those who live in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own languages. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But some sneered and said, They've drunk on wine. Now, let's just think about this. I think it's pretty clear that speaking in tongues is speaking in a known language. Now, it's not a language that you know, but it's a language that somebody else knows. Now, think about the great miracle there is. Remember what Jesus said. He said, These signs, the sign of speaking in tongues, will accompany those who believe. Now, this is incredible. Let's say you are English, you live in America, everybody knows you, and suddenly you can speak in Greek. Would you say that's a magnificent miracle? I mean, you cannot learn a language overnight, okay? It can only be done by somebody that is called God, okay? And that was done by the Holy Spirit as a sign. Listen, these guys. Okay, They are speaking in all the languages of the world. They can speak any language in the world. Or at least that's what the people are hearing. What could this mean? This could mean... That God is bringing all people back together again through the cross. And it could mean that, hey, God is speaking through these people. So whatever they say, you need to listen up to. And what is the message that the disciples wanted to get across? They wanted to get across the idea that Jesus has been crucified. That he's the savior of the world. That he had risen from the dead. And that if you put your trust in him, you will have eternal life. That was the point of speaking in tongues. In Jerusalem, Jerusalem. There were people from different races, different backgrounds, and for them this was an incredible miracle. And this is the way that God introduced the gospel into the world through the sign of speaking in a tongue, in a language that the speakers themselves did not understand. You see, in the book of Acts, in the book of Genesis chapter 11, we find the story of the tower of Babel where God confused The people with languages. Do you remember God wanted to separate them from each other? How did he do that? He gave them each different languages and so they separated all over the earth. Here in Acts chapter 2, God wants to bring all people back together again. And how does he do that? By enabling his apostles to speak in all the languages of the world. And using that as a sign to draw people to himself. So I think, in any case, there's deep theology here. But let's just say Acts chapter 2 makes it clear that speaking in tongues is a known language. You are English, suddenly you can speak French. You are French, suddenly you can speak Greek. You are Mandarin, and without studying it, suddenly you can speak in um, Dutch or whatever the case may be. So that's what we see in Acts chapter 2. But in Acts, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there's something interesting being said here by Paul. And this is one of the, th- the teachings that goes around in some of these Pentecostal churches. Listen to the text. It says this, if I speak human or angelic languages, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And so what the Pentecostal guys say is, they say that when you speak in tongues, it's an angelic language. Look, Paul is talking about that here in First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. And so what they say is this, that speaking in tongues is a special language between me and God that Satan cannot understand. You see, and now that contradicts Acts chapter 2, because Acts chapter 2 says speaking in tongues is a known language. And so now they say, no, 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 but when you speak in tongues, you're speaking the language of angels, and Satan cannot understand it. And it's a deep spiritual prayer between you and God. Now, first of all, that is erroneous, because the text says, listen to this, there's there's a problem, the word if. He says, if I speak in human or angelic language, he's not saying that you do speak in angelic languages. No, he's using, um, he's, he's, he's using, um, what's, what's, what's the word? Uh, I forgot, I forgot the word. It's a complex word, you know, I'm not a literary guy. But he's, he's just saying, even if I could speak in the language of angels, but I don't have love, I am nothing. I'm just making noise. That's the point Paul is trying to, to make. It's The type of language that he's using here. And on top of that, Satan is an angel, ladies and gentlemen. And so if you're speaking in an angelic language, Satan will understand it in any ways. And are you saying that if Satan can hear your prayers, that he can actually change what God does with your prayers I mean it's really it's, it's it's a man-made idea this isn't this isn't from God this isn't in the scriptures so to, to be honest with you, you can you can throw that out the window I mean, praying in tongues today is not um is not uh the, the the speaking in tongues that we read about in the bible I think it's pretty clear it is uh, a known language that you speak in It is not some type of angelic language. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let me read this and just make some comments as we go through it. Um, Paul says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Okay? So Paul is not against spiritual gifts, and neither should we. For the person who speaks in another tongue, now remember what tongue speaking is. It's another language. Is not speaking to people, but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. Now we're going to get to that because that seems to be contradictory to Acts chapter 2, but you have to remember that Peter and them when they did speak in tongues in Acts chapter 2, they probably didn't know what they were saying. So it makes it makes all sense. They were just glorifying God in another language. Verse 3 on the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in other tongues, but even more that you prophesy. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be built up. And so, so far, the argument is this. Paul is trying to say, these Corinthian people, they were all just speaking in tongues out of turn like they wanted to. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. You've got to be careful. The church needs prophecy. Not speaking in tongues. You get built up. You speak in tongues. You have this experience, but nobody else understands you. Why? Because probably in the church, you just have a bunch of Hebrew people that can all speak Hebrew or a bunch of Greek people that can all speak Greek. And now you're speaking in tongues and it's in some other language, uh, maybe Phoenician or whatever. And you are nobody understands what you're saying. You feel great. But the other people in the church, they don't. Okay, that's the argument he's he's making. He says rather prophesy. And prophesy is giving a word of encouragement directly from God in a language that everybody in the church would understand. So now, brothers and sisters, verse 6, if I come to you speaking in other tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you with a revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? And then he goes on to explain a few things Um, verse 9 he says in the same way unless you use your tongue for intelligible speech how will what is spoken be known for you'll be speaking into the air and that really is a condemnation of much of what's going on in the tongue speaking churches You 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 say things that you don't understand and nobody else understands so what's the point of it okay and then he says in verse. 10. There are doubtless many different kinds of languages in the world. None is without meaning. And there it proves just once again. We're talking about real languages in our world. Verse 11. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker will be a foreigner, foreigner to me. So also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. And now here comes A difficult text for those who do speak in tongues in an unbiblical way. Therefore, verse 13, the person who speaks in another tongue should pray that he can interpret. Why do you need to interpret? Because there are people around you that do not understand the language you are speaking in. So ask God to also enable you to interpret what you've just said. Then in verse 14, for if I pray in another tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the Spirit, and I will also sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the Spirit, how will the outsider say, Amen, at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying? Now, if you speak in tongues, and nobody understands what you are saying, you basically... Wasting your breath, right? Verse 17 For you may very well be giving thanks, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in other languages more than all of you. Verse 19 Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also than 10,000 words in another tongue. Brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your thinking, but be infants in regard to evil and adult in your thinking. It is written in the law. I will speak to this people by people of other tongues and by the lips of foreigners. And even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Speaking in other tongues then is intended as a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Well, prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. Do you get that? It's a sign for unbelievers. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. If therefore the whole church assembles together and all are speaking in other tongues and people who are outsiders or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're out of your mind? And that is what happens in many of these places. I'm going to skip to verse 26. What then, brothers and sisters, whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, another tongue or an interpretation Everything is done for building up. If anyone speaks in another tongue, listen to this. There are to be only two or at the most three, each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no interpreter, that person is to keep silent in the church and speak to himself and God. And then he talks about prophecy and You know, and then he goes on about a few other things. Now, what do we learn here? Speaking in tongues was less valuable than the clearly communicated word of God. If you want to be used by God in the church, rather speak his word than things that nobody understands. Secondly, speaking in tongues is a sign for unbelievers. It's not a sign for believers. It was never intended. Tongue speaking, proper tongue speaking. It's not really supposed to be happening in the church. It's supposed to be happening outside of the church where people don't believe in God. Because it was a miracle to be able to speak in another language. Okay? And when tongues are spoken without God's rules, then outsiders will indeed think the church is insane. If you speak in tongues, you need to pray that the Holy Spirit will interpret it for you so other people can understand it. And what does the text say as well? Only two or three should speak in tongues, and it should be done one at a time. If there's no interpreter, there should be no speaking in tongues. This is clear in the scriptures. Now, I've seen some speaking in tongues. I've been to some churches, and you will have like 50 people speaking tongues at the same time. Now, and they are not speaking a known language, and nobody is interpreting. Now, that is directly in opposition to to what paul says should be done in the churches now i'm sure that you are starting to see clearly that the tongue speaking happening today is not the same as the tongue speaking that happened in the bible so we've looked now at what the bible says tongue speaking is now how do we deal with what is going on today now sure, i don't have the answers for everything you know um Much of it doesn't make sense because I read what the Bible says, and I'm open to speaking in tongues. I'm perfectly available if God would like to speak through me, let the Holy Spirit speak in known languages through me. I'm perfectly open to that, but I've never experienced that. And so and I see what people do. And I, you know, I look at this little video of this kid and I've got friends who spoke in tongues. And how do you make sense of this? Well, first of all, this is not unique to Christianity. This is not unique. People think it's only in churches that people speak in tongues. It's not. There are various other religions and cults across the world. Like paganism, shamanism, and Japan's God Light Association. There's Yorubu, there's Santeria. And all of these religions and cults, people also speak in tongues. And they also babble unknown ideas and thoughts with their their mouths. Now my question is, is this the Holy Spirit? Can the Holy Spirit allow people who don't believe in Jesus also to then speak in tongues? And you can go research this yourself. You're welcome to go and do that. How do we make sense of that? Right? That's the one thing. The other thing is I've read up um, research that was done. They took like a group of people who spoke in tongues and a group of people who didn't speak in tongues. And then they evaluated them personality wise and and psychologically and they came up with this that the people who spoke in tongues had a higher susceptibility for hypnotism and that was interesting for me to to read that research because the type of person who would fall into this is according to that research um easier it's easier to hypnotize them i thought well what does that have to do with christianity and church and whatever and then i looked at some of these um pentecostal worship services, and i've been to some of them You would generally have a charismatic leader that would lead the congregation, um, build up their emotions, and there would be music playing in the background always. And that's usually the moments that people would start speaking in tongues. You would have emotional music in the background. You would have the voice of the preacher at a certain tone, glorifying God, saying things. um, And that's usually after a powerful sermon. And the emotions have been... uh, woken up and then i don't know if you've ever been to a hypnotist show i've been to a hypnotist show quite a few times and that is exactly the same thing that hypnotists do by the way and this is just coincidentally i'm not saying that pentecostal breaches are trying to hypnotize the people i'm just saying those are the conditions that create it you would have the hypnotist who would say certain things in a certain way um and you would also have the background music playing and i would have my friend i mean i had a friend next to me he got hypnotized i was like what this is insane. And I never got hypnotized. So I, I think my personality just doesn't fit that that mold. Me as a being, I'm just being personal here. So could it be that? Could it be that there's, there's some type of emotional hype that leads people to this state of mind where they just want to express these emotions with sounds coming out of their mouth? we also got to keep, this is very important, tongues. Speaking in tongues is not a sign that you are saved. It's not a sign. I mean, I had a lady once that, that said to me, you know, she said uh, she was in a church meeting and she wanted to give her life to God. And she gave. She went forward and gave her life to God. And and she was. It, it was expected of her to speak in tongues and she couldn't speak in tongues. And then the minister came or the pastor or whatever. And he came and he said, I'm going to give you a double portion of the spirit. And he apparently gave her a double portion of the spirit with the laying on of his hands. And she still couldn't speak in tongues. He did it three times. Eventually, she just burst out into tears because God doesn't love her. And God doesn't save her because she can't speak in tongues. Because that was the belief of that church. If you speak in tongues, it means that you are saved now. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a man-made idea. That is not in the scripture. All right? Yes, the apostles spoke in tongues and Cornelius spoke in tongues too. But those were signs for unbelievers. The context was totally different. Okay? Okay? Um, Paul clearly says this is not a sign of salvation, but a sign for the unbeliever that the gospel is true. You don't speak in tongues for yourself. You speak in tongues for other people. Okay, you speak in their language as a sign that what happened at the cross is true. Not everybody in the Corinthian church spoke in tongues. They had different gifts. Okay. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that each has been given a different gift according to the spirit. And so the people who prophesied, but they didn't speak in tongues, were they now not saved? You see, so please don't fall into that. Okay, speaking in tongues is not a sign that you are saved. And in any ways, the type of speaking in tongues going on today is not the same as the speaking in tongues in the Bible. In my opinion, modern speaking in tongues is more of an emotional, psychological thing than a spiritual thing. And of course, it's difficult to separate the two. It has become a social phenomenon. Some churches even teach people how to speak in tongues and how to babble words with their mouths. And you know what? And and we learn it from other people. We see other people do it in the church. And so we, we do it. We think it's normal. Um, but that's not the same thing as in the Bible. You don't see in the Bible. People are being taught how to speak in tongues. Acts 2 verse 38 says you get the gift of the Holy Spirit when you get baptized. And that is it. And the gift that you receive when you get baptized is not the same as being baptized in the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire. And when people say, you know what, I've been baptized by the fire or I've been baptized by the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit. If people say that, it has to be the same as what you see in Acts chapter 2. Jesus said that they would be baptized with the Spirit and they were. What did it look like? Well, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind and there were tongues of fire coming down upon them. So, if that happens and you see that happen, nobody can debate with it. But if somebody comes and says, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and there was no tongue of fire and there was no wind. You know what? It might just be what they think. And it, it's not really what, uh, what Jesus intended. So let me conclude. If you are speaking in tongues in a way that is different than what the Bible says. I wouldn't say that you are demon-possessed or evil. I think you have just been influenced by a church tradition that promotes this. A church worship service that stimulates your emotions, um, like what happens in some of these other religions. You might have gotten caught up in the worship, to an emotional state, that you just want to utter out your emotions. And maybe those emotions and that experience is legit. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and, but it's sort of, because everybody else does it, you sort of have just released those emotions with babbling from your mouth. Um, and maybe you think that's just the norm, you know, I'm not going to pass judgment on you. <coughs> but biblically, um, Holy Spirit speaking in tongues is done differently than what is seen in our world today. Speaking in tongues is a known language. And there must be an interpreter. And that must happen one person at a time. Unfortunately, I've never seen this in any church. Well, why? Well, because personally, I believe the these miraculous gifts have ceased. And you can go read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 um, and verse 10 and onwards from verse 8. It says that these gifts will cease. And I believe it ceased when the whole canon of scripture was finished being written. And maybe that's a podcast for another day. If God wants you to speak in tongues, you will speak in tongues. The disciples on the day of Pentecost didn't stand there and say, Please, I want to speak in tongues. Please, I want to speak in tongues. No, it happened to them. Whether they wanted it or not, it happened to them. And so speaking in tongues will happen to you if that is God's will and God's Spirit's will. Don't fret if you haven't spoken in tongues, you're not demon possessed. You're not evil and you're not not saved. Okay. Um, tongue speaking doesn't come from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit. So if you love Christ and you live for him. He will his spirit will give you the necessary gifts according to his will. If you have more questions about this or there are some things that need to be clarified. Please don't hesitate to send me a message. You are welcome to um, to connect with me via Facebook or you can email me on Uh, michiel greiling at gmail.com or you if you're in the states uh, you can uh, call me or message me or whatsapp me even from south africa you can whatsapp me on 541-401-3506 would love to hear your thoughts and comments and uh, god bless you love you lots have a great week cheers